The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. Eight days now, the countdown until the start of the NBA campaign. We are really, really close. I had three cash league drafts yesterday. One of them was a Yahoo Pro League. I'll talk about that maybe at some point later on in today's episode. Got another one tonight. Got a few more over the weekend. 30 deep is rolling. NBA is really almost here now. Welcome to the show. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I'm your host, Dan Bespris, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. I used to say on the pod, if you can spell it, you can find it, but that seemed like a bad way to get you guys to actually go find me on Twitter. It's at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google Dan from Hoopball. Hoopball is hoop-ball.com. The website has a uh, dash in the middle, and the Twitter feed for up-to-the-minute late-breaking fantasy news is at Hoopball Fantasy. And please, I'll say it right at the beginning here before we jump into today's show. If you have a moment and you like it, if you end up liking today's show, please take a second to drop a five-star review on the pod. If you want to write something nice, I might even look through them and read it on air, although, frankly, I'm afraid to look most days to see what horrible things might have been written about me. Today, I open the podcast by giving you your case for Steph Curry... At number two, since we already did the Nikola Jokic thing, I want to talk Steph. And I don't know that many of you guys need this convincing, or I didn't think so, but then, and I haven't responded to a lot of the Twitter questions I've gotten over the last two days because I've been really busy with all those drafts and and family stuff, but I'm seeing a lot of people still asking, should I go Luka at two? Should I go Harden? Should I go Giannis? Steph fell to six or whatever it is that's going on. And then people are like, well, head to head, Steph leaves you in a tough spot in a number of categories. And I just think people are flat out wrong. It's wrong. I get it. Luka is a better rebounder than Steph Curry. And his assists are going to be higher than Steph's. I get it. The blocks might be a little bit higher also. But... I don't, well, I mean, this almost doesn't seem like a fair comparison because Luka was number 35 last year. Yeah, 35 on a per game basis and Steph was number two. But this is the battle that's happening right now. And I, we're so close to the season that I just, I feel like I really got to lean into this thing with everybody. It's got to be Steph. Steph played in 63 out of their 72 ball games last year. I think you can expect him to be roughly close to that this season, which would be about 73 out of 82. And that, I think, would be enough for a win. You might even be able to make a case for Steph at number one. Yeah, Jokic blew him out of the water last year. Jokic blew everybody out of the water. But a lot of that was actually the first half of the season. If you pivot towards the second half of the season. Basically, just look at everybody's last 36 ball games, if you want to call it that way. Although for Steph, you know, he missed a handful. So for him, it'd be like his last 31 games. Steph was number one, and it, it honestly wasn't that close. Jokic was number five over the last two and a half months of last season. And admittedly, Nikola was still very good. 
25 and a half, 10 and a half, eight, a steal, a little bit less than a block, a three pointer, 56 and a half percent shooting, 87 at the free throw line. I get it. But Steph smoked him over those 30 plus games. Curry averaged 34 points over that stretch. Almost six three pointers a game, five and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, 1.2 steals on a positive field goal percent, which I know Jokic did that too, but we're talking about a point guard here. 48.5, and 90% at the free throw line. He was the second most impactful, positive free throw shooter over that stretch behind just Damian Lillard. So it's not necessarily about, do I want you guys to take Steph ahead of Jokic? I think you still, you take Jokic because it's just, it's so locked in and so easy. I, However, I do think you could make a case for Steph at number one. Do I think he's going to average 34 points over an entire season? No, that's asking a ton. And at some point this year, Klay Thompson is going to come back. My guess would be early January. I know they were targeting Christmas. Now they're being a little bit iffy about it. Let's call it early January. So those two guys will be play about three months together. So roughly half the season. The rebounding thing. That's an, that's an angle that I don't fully understand. Uh, five and a half rebounds for Steph last year is actually really good for a point guard. Yeah, he's one of the lower first round guys. You know, Dame at four, Steph at five and a half. But it's not like five and a half is going to set you behind the eight ball all that much. All you need is one traditional big man and you're covered. Five and a half is solid from someone playing his position on your fantasy team. Gets you steals, gets you a pretty good number of assists. Nothing absurd, but, you know, right in that same Durant, Kawhi, who's not playing this year. Giannis was only a 5.8. Everybody's like, Giannis, so many assists. He averaged half an assist more than Steph last year. Yeah, Jimmy Butler had more. Yes, James Harden had way more. I get it. Jokic, too. But getting Steph early does not sink you in as many categories as people want to claim it does. Like, oh, well, you're, you, you'll you never come back in rebounds if you take Steph first. You have to pair him with someone in the second round. You don't. You can, and you probably will this year, just because of the way the late second round is built, but you don't have to. Sabonis, Gobert, Vooch, any of those guys would make a ton of sense. But again, there are other options later. If you wanted to go Clint Capella another round or two after that, that's fine. If you wanted to stack up a couple of, like, eight or nine rebound guys later in the draft, that covers it just fine. You are not doomed if you take Steph first, but you simply must take Steph second. James Harden was actually not that far behind Steph last year because of 25 points, 9 rebounds, 11 assists per ball game, and his numbers are going to be pretty good again this year if he really is in shape and... You know, we don't really know what's going on with Kyrie. It sounds like right now the plan is for him just to play in the 39 games outside of New York. Whatever. And then Kevin Durant, who knows how healthy he stays throughout the year. Beyond James Harden, I don't think there's any other player in fantasy that you could even make a remote case for to take second overall. Frankly... People that say, well, what if I'm punting? Well, then just take Steph and punt something. Take Steph and punt blocks. I don't care. But he does more in points, in threes. He's good enough in steals. Rebounds are solid for a point guard. Assists are fine. You can shore that up with 
another assist guy at any point in the next four rounds. Free throws, he's crushing. You don't have to take Giannis two and just say, screw it, I'm going to punt. So I got to go get a guy who's not as valuable as the dude I'm taking? That's wild. There, there are multiple punts in fantasy basketball. That's the, that's the thing that sort of throws me for a little bit of a loop. People are like, well, I, I'm going to punt. Okay, I get it. If you're punting free throws, then yeah, Giannis is the number one player in fantasy and he's running away with it. If you're punting blocks, then Steph just opens up an even bigger lead over everybody else in the second half of last year. So there are other things you can do to maximize the position you're in. By the way, over that same stretch, Steph punting blocks was more valuable than Giannis punting free throws. Giannis punting free throws was about 90% better than a league average player the second half. I'm doing everything over the second half of last year right now. And Steph punting blocks was about 110% of of a league average player. Or 110% better, I should say. So he's really like 210%. He's two, he's two plus league average players rolled into one slot. And Giannis is about 1.9. It sounds close, I know. But actually, guys get pretty bunched up. That's a big deal. So just take the position you're in and use it. The only thing you can say to me that I'm going to say, okay, is... What if I want to take James Harden? I want to take James Harden. I'm going to say, you know what? All right. He probably lost most of his get out of Houston weight. The Kyrie situation means his value is going to be greater than in seasons past. And Kevin Durant might not stay healthy. Well, Harden might not stay healthy. Yeah, same with Steph. I get it. That that stuff is all floating around out there. I think Harden's going to be mostly healthy this year. They'll give him some rest days here and there because that team's going to win a lot of ball games and he's not going to need to do everything every night. Uh, But I think you could probably bank on a similar number of games, Harden and Curry, this year, probably in the 72-73 range over the season. And they probably end up somewhat close. But I got to go. Steph, man, he does no help for the first three months. Sorry, Andrew Wiggins. And Dre doesn't want to shoot. And so Steph's just going to have to go full supernova because the Warriors don't want to be in that play-in situation again. It didn't work out well for them last year. A lesson was learned. Kelly Oubre's gone, too, by the way. I know Jordan Poole's going to slot in and take a bunch of those shots, but Steph might even take another one until Clay gets back. Steph took 23 shots a game the second half of last year. That's the most in the NBA. That was even more than Bradley Beal over that stretch, who generally has been the king of field goal attempts lately, but Russell Westbrook came in and snapped up a few of those. You know who was third, by the way, in field goal attempts? Donovan Mitchell, interestingly enough. Might surprise some people. He was up about two field goal attempts uh, late last year before his injury. That's your case for Steph at number two, and maybe even a little bit of a case, potentially. I'm not going to do it. I'm still taking Jokic, but maybe even a case for Steph at number one. Very excited to bring on today's guest. Let's jump straight to that, because I already at the beginning of the show told you to follow me on Twitter at Dan Besper, so I clearly shouldn't have to do it again, right? Arguably the person that I've talked to on basketball podcasts, maybe the second most, only behind Brewski, the great Jonas Nader. It's been too damn long. I don't think that we actually did it on this show in a while because we had the real big three for so long. How you been, man? I've been great. Uh, 
I don't know if you know, but I moved off the grid. Basically, I moved to the mountains overlooking a lake. So a couple years ago, I bought this property uh, for like $6,000, Dan. No. Yeah, $6,000 for three acres on top of a mountain overlooking a lake. It's just like this hidden paradise in the middle of nowhere. Wait, where are you? I like maps, so now you have to tell me. I'm in North Carolina, okay, about an hour and a half north of Charlotte. Okay. Is there like Just in the middle of nowhere. I'm between the capital – uh, sorry, the capital of uh, North Carolina, Raleigh, and Charlotte, just in the middle there, where no one knows about. And it's just so nice. Everyone's so nice around here. Uh, I, I have a hamster wheel internet right now, um, <laughs> but they are installing fiber optic as we speak. You can even hear them <laughs> digging in the background probably. But yeah, I'm really excited. It's just such a nice area to like raise kids. I'm getting involved in the community. I'm coaching soccer. It's just found a good church. Like we, We're just really happy here. So Okay, so now I've pulled up a map. Uh, I see Charlotte, I see Raleigh, and halfway in between appears to be a place called Ashboro. Is you are you anywhere near there? Yep, I'm right near there. Okay, yep. there you go. I see Greensboro, yep. Winston Salem. Those aren't those aren't far. Those are minor league towns. I'm familiar with those yeah. joints. Yeah, so you can roll down so the I, hill, catch a. Uh, we're we're within an hour's drive of every city, basically. There you go. You can catch a Greensboro Drive game. Isn't that the minor league yeah. team there? I think so. Yeah. See, it's still in this. It's still in this brain somewhere. I don't. Yep. Not <laughs> not important stuff, but it's in there. Um, so by the way, you can follow Jonas on Twitter at Jonas Nader. You've heard him. Like I, sometimes I forget that I I don't do regular intros for you all that often because we do so many shows together. Jonas of course is at, and I'm going to get this right. NBC sports edge. See what I did there. I got it right. I got it right. I practiced. Formerly Roto World, and yes. I still call it Roto World all the time, and I catch myself, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> I practiced with Straub last week, so now I'm ready to, <laughs> to get it right on this podcast. He's like, don't screw yeah. it up, which is Straub exactly- is basically our Dan, our podcast guy. Oh, he's so good. I love it. Yeah, I got to do more with Straub, too. And and he was kind enough, and you and the team were kind enough to have me for the uh, NBC Sports Edge live draft, which I think airs, well, we're recording this on Wednesday, so I think it's tonight, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So that was yeah, that we was were a lot thrilled of fun. to have you. That that was an easy decision for sure. I always worry that I'm going to talk too much in a thing like it's kind of my cross to bear <laughs> that I talk a little bit too much uh, when there's like a bunch of people in a room, and then I'm also trying to buy everyone else time to set their cues when I'm talking. Right, so it's right. this, it's sort of this double whammy. But you and I weren't in the same block though. That was the only downside. Yes, yeah, so I, I never uh, got to, I never got to hear you yet. So I'm excited to see that soon. But you got some nice picks, and we'll talk about those eventually. But I got one weird one. I uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess we can talk about uh, that live draft after it actually airs, so people know what we're talking about. But again, right. follow Jonas on Twitter at Jonas Nader, J O N A S N A D E R. One of my good buddies here in this fantasy industry. Um, so. Most of the the analysts we've had on this pod have basically broken down their teams, but I kind of want, as we've moved farther from when the draft actually happened and different pieces of news have come out and ADPs have shifted, I find that it might not be quite as productive to go through every single name. But you did have, I thought, a few guys on your team that we can really kind of dig in on and I think my response to some of what you're going to say is going to actually surprise. This is like the BuzzFeed tagline for what's coming up. Will surprise you, the the <laughs> listeners of the show that know that I generally go kind of the opposite of team fun. Uh, and some of your guys are actually fun. Um, right. And I, I don't hate them. Um, but so I'm going to look uh, first. I'm just going to lightning round your team real quick so you can sit back yeah. and relax for, for 30 seconds here. Uh, 
Anthony Davis was your first. Oh, but by the way, uh, Jonas was on the turn, just so anybody can do the math on this. It was AD, Paul George, JJJ, Anthony Edwards, Pascal Siakam, Darius Garland, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Mitchell Robinson, Alexei Pokushevsky. You've got all of his swag in your house, so you might as well have him on your team. De'Anthony right. Melton, Tyrese Maxey, and Patrick Williams. Um, I think we can start actually with your number one pick because I, I actually, for all of my Anthony Davis love over however many seasons, I actually haven't talked about him that much this year yeah. on the podcast. And a lot of that was because I figured he was going to fall pretty far in drafts, but not far enough. And then as it turned out, he may have actually fallen far enough. You had some good stuff on Twitter yep. the other day. So talk to me a bit yeah. about Anthony Davis. Yeah, so everyone hates him. And Dan, I get it. He burned me in three leagues last year. Like, he just completely burned three of my fantasy teams. You would think I'd be, like, completely against him. But at some point, like you said, he falls far enough to where, like, hey, it's Anthony Davis still. He has uh, six top two finishes in the last nine years. Six. I got him at pick 12 and pick 14 in that draft show we just did. He's falling too far. And the big thing that no one's talking about is he's going to be playing mostly center. And the last time he did that, he averaged 26 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, 2.4 blocks, 1.6 deals, and 0.93s. The block rate doubles. And the big question that you're going to have and everyone else is going to have, are we going to see some positive regression from his free throw percentage? I think yes, because he's going to be healthy for once. Yeah, you jumped you jumped my question be, uh, because that was going to be the follow up, and I, I have a second follow up actually. Ha ha! See, I still had one in the tank. Head to head versus roto. This is a roto draft, so that actually right. I think makes this decision a bit easier. Head to head, would you risk it with his injury history? Um, at this range, it's still going to be a yes because name a player outside of the obvious like Joker and stuff like that that doesn't have a risk in this range. You look at like I love Bradley Beal. Look at his first few years in the league. He had countless stress fractures, and he's fine now. Like, you can never guess when a player is going to get hurt. And, like, remember Carl Anthony Towns? He was durable until he wasn't. Right, right? yeah. 82, 82, 82, up oh, 54, up oh, three games, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, you're durable until you're not. We cannot guess if Anthony Davis is going to get hurt. Will he take a lot of trips to the locker room? You better believe it. But we just <laughs> I, don't know if he's going to be actually hurt again. Last year, he played hurt from the start and just kept getting worse and worse. But he's had the full off season. Uh, I'm excited about him this year, especially at this ADP. That's a steal. My, my completely fake theory that he's dealing with irritable bowel syndrome has yeah. not really caught on in the, in the industry yet. You know, the next guy on the board, I think that you can point at and say, this guy will play most of his games is probably bam out of bio, but it, yeah. that's pretty early to look at him 12 mm-hmm. or 13. And then after that, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're talking Kyrie Irving's in this range. He's going to miss half his team's home games. We're talking uh, Nikola Vucevic, who lost a lot of value in Chicago, a lot of usage. Um, Fred Van Vliet, who makes you punt field goal percentage. So, yeah, like I'm taking AD in this range, and we'll talk about the next guy here in, in a second. I'll let you segue. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a ton to add on Paul George. I, I actually really love him here. He, I mean, he's he also has an injury thing, but, like, He's the Clippers right now. Yeah. I, I don't like, I have no issue at all with Paul George in this range. Yeah, I have two quick points on him. There's no Kawhi probably for the entire regular season. And last year I pulled up his per 36 numbers without him because Bog was not here to say don't do per 36. <laughs> so I'm going to do it now. 29 points, almost eight rebounds, five assists, 1.3 steals, 
0.4 blocks and 3.3 triples. And here's the big thing. Last year, his steal percent was at 1.7. His career average is 2.5. Yeah, that was weird. What the hell happened there? Yeah, exactly. So you add, go back to the regress to the mean, whatever. You have a top 12 player easily. And this is a guy who's two years removed from being a top three fantasy player. He just had that shoulder issue, which is completely behind him now. So Paul George in this range, I love it. Yeah, I I, I would even venture to say earlier on him. I got no problem with Paul George yeah. there. Uh, you know who Jonas took third. Even I mean, I told everybody, so obviously they know, but everyone right. knew anyway. JJJ at 36. So I, I have a number of questions on this one. If yeah. you weren't Jonas Nader, right. would you have to take him at 36? Absolutely not. You do not have to. <laughs> but here's my point, Dan. If you look at players, let's say 20 through 60, there is almost no separation. W- wouldn't you agree with, with that this year? Yeah, I've, I've gone on record as saying I think there's six second rounders, 18, yeah. 18 third rounders, and maybe even more than that. There might be like 24 third rounders. It's a really weird... And then right. you get in this range where there's like a crap ton of dudes falling to you in the 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. Uh, but 20 through 40, I think, is a complete disaster. Yep. And then, uh, by the way, I'll just throw in JJJ's ADP on Yahoo is 54 right now. Whew. Yeah. Yes. So my point is, see, everyone knows who I am and that I like in these drafts, I, I should say. We're all friends in these drafts. Everyone knows I want JJJ. So I have to draft against myself and take him early. He wasn't coming back to me in round five or round six. No. I figured, let's go ahead and get him now, get it out of the way, because I knew I'd hate myself if it wasn't on my team. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. If you're in a draft, let's say it's still competitive, you could probably wait until late fourth if you want to risk it, or even against, like, let's say your hometown league that's not quite as involved, fifth round even. But whenever I can, I'm going to get him around that 35 to 40 range just to be safe, because his upside is just through the roof. He looks significantly thicker in the arms, uh, he didn't shoot the ball well yesterday in his preseason debut, but oh my God, defensively, I got to say last year, he looked so bad on defense. He was so lost. He missed almost the entire season, came back and was so lost. It's back now. The mojo we had at his age 20 season is back on defense. He had like three steals, two blocks, looked amazing on defense. That's what I'm excited about. The offense has never been a question. And of course, I brought the stat to back it up. Only two players in NBA history have averaged 17 plus points, 2.5 plus triples, 1.6 plus blocks on 45% shooting. Kevin Durant at age 29 and JJJ at age 20. You know He's what? He's insane. I, here's what I'm going to say here. And I think this is going to freak people out. And I, I basically didn't talk about JJJ on the pod because I wanted to save this discussion for your guest yeah. visit. Um, I agree with you this year. Mm. And this is, people know, I'm I'm a crotchety old man. I yell at clouds and suck on Werther's originals while I make all my <laughs> fantasy drafts. But, and I know that some of what I'm about to say is, is a small sample size thing. But uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who really, like you said, he missed basically the entire season. He never got a chance to play real starters minutes last year. And that yeah. is working in our favor in an, unbelievable way because people have completely forgotten what he can do when he plays 30 minutes of ball game he had a couple of games like right at the end of the regular season and then into their brief playoff run where he cleared 30 minutes there was may 16th that was i think the the play-in game with golden state where he went for 14 and 7 two assists three steals two blocks two three-pointers basically and I don't think the three steals is something that's going to hold. That that rate right. will drop a bit. 
But this is a guy who in his last five regular season games was a top 20 fantasy player in 26 minutes. Exactly. Not uh, even healthy yet either. Not even well, exactly, while shooting 41% from the field. Right. And yeah, the 2.2 steals, that that would come down, but 15 and 6 over two threes, almost two blocks, good free throw percent. That's that's sustainable for him. Yeah. Um this is a guy going in the 50s who can have a per-game marker inside the top 25. Those guys just don't grow on trees. So while, yes, I mean, I wouldn't advocate taking him at 36, you need, by the way, you need pseudonyms like nobody's business when you're in these mock drafts. Like, you desperately need to hide who you are because if anyone knows Jonas is in their draft, (laughs) they're going to snatch him from you. So you got to go in there as known as Jader and see if nobody catches on. Uh, Otherwise, if you're just in a regular draft... I mean, getting him in the fourth, if you wait until the early fifth, that's, I actually think he could be one of the steals of this year. So count me in. I'm on Team JJJ this year, and I think that's going to blow people's hair back a little bit. Um, Anthony Edwards at 37. I'm less bullish on him than I am on JJJ, if only because, uh, and I mean, he was amazing at the end of last year. He was like right around that top 40 range. I just feel like his role probably isn't quite as huge. He had that giant run where everybody was kind of crumped around him in Minnesota. And I, I think they want to play. I think they really want to play good basketball this year, but I do like him and he's very exciting. Um, tell me a little bit about you into him. Yeah. Yeah. Try to talk me into him because it might work. Okay. So Chris Fitch wants cat initiating like most of the offense in the high post when he gets it, he wants D'Lo off the ball and he did really well in preseason yesterday off the ball. He wants Ant Edwards on the ball as much as possible. And he did that, did that the last 10 games of season and his numbers were 26 points Six rebounds, 4.3 assists. That's huge. 0.9 steals, 1.1 blocks, and uh, 3.0 triples on 51% shooting. This is a guy who went from 6'4 to 6'6 in the span of four months. He's huge. You saw him yesterday. He's absolutely massive. Had two steals, two blocks yesterday. He says he wants to average two to three steals a game. He has completely bought in on the defensive end. Uh, He just looks incredible. Um, if you ask me, let's say two, three weeks ago, let's say, yeah, you, you want to get him around five, round six. I don't think you can get him there anymore. I think you have to take him where I took him, which is high. Don't get me wrong. We're not leaving much room for upside, but I just want him on my team that bad around pick 37. I want him in round four. Do we think That's that he can get the free throws up and over 80 this year? It feels doable, right? I think so. Yeah. He's got a nice stroke, stroke to him. So I think so. And yeah. you look at the players in that range. OG Ananobi's good. Yeah. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Tobias Harris. I'm taking Anthony Edwards over all those guys. I just want that upside. You know, I'm looking at his numbers a bit more, and it he's striking me as almost like Donovan Mitchell with the potential for a better field goal percent. Right. I didn't spot that before. And then Donovan obviously is going to be a better free throw shooter. But otherwise, the 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 sort of line profile on those dudes is not that different, and one of them is going generally about two rounds in front of the other. Yeah, I don't know if I'm fully bought in, but if he falls another round, I think I I think I'll buy in. I, I think, think the key here, though, we we all know what he can do offensively. I think the key here, though, is that defense, that defense. And we did get confirmation by us yesterday that he was balls out yesterday on defense. He was everywhere. He had some nasty blocks. So Pat Beverly that man. continues. That's yeah, the, that's the exactly. Pat, that's the Pat Bev effect. He's yep. going to turn that team into a bunch of angry dudes, and that'll be good for them. Can I ask them. a quick question? Of course. Can I ask a quick question? You, you do the over-unders. What is the over-under for the Wolves this year? 
Uh, higher than I wanted it to be. That's all. That's what I remember. Okay. I can pull it up pretty quick because I have a, a Word doc where I break down every single team. Because um, I was going to say, like, there must be some opportunity there because I think everyone's underestimating how good Chris Finch is. Like, we've seen what he did with Jokic. We've seen what he did with Anthony Davis. Like, he's Dude, a really I was good mad. offensive coach. I was flat out mad when I saw the number because going into the offseason, I was like, Minnesota over. That's when I want to yeah. target because uh, they played well down the stretch. Their their season win total is at 35 and a half, I think. Opened at 34 and a half, and it's moved up okay. one. That's much higher than I thought it would be. It, yeah, okay. I know. Me too. I, I thought it was going to be like around 31, and I was going to crush the over. I think they've got that number pretty accurate. Um, yeah. They probably... I don't think it's a hot take to say they'd be a, a eighth seed. I think it's doable. Yeah, they'll be fighting for it, which is good if you're betting the over, because mm-hmm. they're probably not going to give up early. They'd right. be... I mean, they'd, I think they'd easily make the play in the East, but it's yeah. <laughs> a d- different monster, and we, and I suppose. We've seen Cat. This is his first full offseason in two and a half years. Like, he looks motivated. He's lost 30 fun. pounds. It's really great. Yeah, they were, they were fun as hell to watch at the end of last season. I, I have a, a, one of the preschool dads is a, a Minnesotan out here, and he's like keeping me up to date on the, the ins and outs of it. He's like, we'll find a way probably to screw it up, but right now they're very yeah. excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's true um pascal siakam starting the year hurt i don't know how much time you want yeah. to spend on him I, I i assume he probably moves down the board a little bit yeah funny story i completely forgot siakam was hurt at that time <laughs> i was still in full offseason mode see like we have a certain amount of teams we're responsible for for the research so i didn't do any research on the raptors all right screw um, it so if, if siakam was healthy yeah that'd be fine uh in hindsight i'd wait around Honestly, I almost did the same thing you did there. So don't feel yeah. too bad. Uh, I took I took McCollum beforehand and then you took Siakam and I went, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Darius Garland was your next pick. He's getting a lot of buzz. That makes me very yeah. nervous. I uh, I feel like he's becoming one of those like snowball guys where every time I look at a mock, he's going eight picks sooner than the previous one. At what point has it gone too far? Um, I'm comfortable up until round the end of round five that's my limit with him okay um here's the thing as good as colin sexton was last year everything we hear in cleveland is this is darius garland's team this is darius garland's team right we've heard sexton being traded it doesn't matter what sexton's done as good as he's been it's all about garland you hear the beat beat reporters they're all in on garland um and I, i look back at his last what was it 10 15 yeah 15 games he ranked in the top 50 in nine cat 20 points seven assists 2.5 rebounds 2.5 2.5 triples and 1.2 steals, 48% from the field, 87% from the line. And this hot shooting dates back to college too. Like when he's hot, he's hot. I mean, this is a fantastic shooter. He's learning to get to his spots. Like doesn't have obviously great size, but he's getting to his spots a lot better. And the Cavs actually have some decent help. Laurie, he has his faults. Yeah, but he's going to stretch the floor. Evan Mobley's so mobile. I really liked him what I saw from him yesterday. They've got some pieces. I don't think they're going to be good this year, but they've got some <laughs> at least pieces to make the games interesting to watch. So. Are, they, are they really still trying to do something with Kevin Love? Is that dude Who really knows? trying to play? What the hell's going on there? That dude's so checked out. It's not even funny. Yeah. The Olympic stuff was yep. <laughs> a little ugly. A, li- a little ugly. Yeah. You I got to say that. <laughs> I gotta, a little ugly. I am, I'm, I've lost track of what round we're in. Uh, round seven. So we're back at the end of it again. Kevin Porter Jr. and then Mitchell Robinson. But this draft, by the way, was before we got the report that Mitch Rob was was potentially not going to be right. ready to start the yeah, year. Yeah, so knock we him don't, down another round. Yeah, we don't have to talk about him. Uh, KPJ, yep. he's he's a member of Team Fun. I am petrified of his percentages uh, in a Roto League. 
Yep. Can can so you here, can you sell me on that? Yeah, here's the thing. I'm already pretty low on field percentage, so I say, you know, might as well do it. Now, if you're taking <laughs> KPJ, go ahead and decide to punt either turnovers or field goal percentage. <laughs> the free throw percentage, I think it's fine. Like I think that's going to come up. I'm not worried about that. But field goal percentage, you're talking about 22, 23 shots a game at, at around 42%. Yeah. If, if that, rough. just be careful. So uh, with an asterisk, you can take them here as long as you're punting the category. That, so that yeah, mind, so. that's true. Your team to this point might not have a single over 50% guy. Right, exactly. So I felt comfortable taking him here. I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Now I do. <laughs> so with, with no John Wall on the court last year, obviously John Wall's a usage just vacuum. Eight assists per 36 with Wall off the court. KPJ is now the point guard by default. He looked really good yesterday. Had 25, 5, and 4, a steal, a block, and five triples. He basically said last week that the Rockets saved his life, which I don't doubt because he had some serious off-court right, issues. Right, yeah. Had that Cleveland locker room tantrum. So he's really got his head back on his shoulders, which is great to see. Um, I think it was John Lucas that's been mentoring him. So really nice story there. They're really buying into the KPJ Jalen Green backcourt, and also another interesting side note: KPJ and Jalen Green have been playing together for like three years in the offseason, so they already have some chemistry too. So Rockets are going to be a lot of fun this year. They are going to lose so many games, though. Yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can mostly jump uh, Mitchell Robinson. Oh, yeah. hey, wait! Actually, I have a I have a KPJ follow up question. I don't talk much sure. about points leagues. I feel like you could go real early with him in points formats. Oh. For sure. Absolutely. I top gotta, 40, top 30 even. For yeah, sure. Yeah, you dump that massive field goal percent suck yeah. right out the window. I want to I wanna roll three of your last four guys into one big question because I know you love DeAnthony Melton. We've been talking about mm-hmm. him on shows for almost two full calendar years now, and I, I don't want to say the mean words, but Taylor Jenkins has been... <clears throat> frustrating in this yes. aspect. Uh, Poku, we know you love Poku. And then Tyrese Maxey, who by the time, because this was such a slow draft, when this draft started, Ben Simmons drama hadn't even really kicked in yet. By the time yeah. we got to your Maxey pick, it certainly had. Um, yeah. Walk me through those three guys. Okay, I'm going to start with Melton. Sure. The big thing with Melton is Grayson Allen is gone. Uh, they asked Zach Clayman, their GM, why they made the trade, and they said, because of Melton and because of Bain. It does not matter if Bain starts. They want Melton playing 25-plus minutes. You can hear Zach Clayman say specifically this, we want more minutes for Melton. Please. So they're talking about a potential six-man role for both Kyle Anderson or Melton, but Jenkins said himself he hasn't ruled out starting Melton and Bain. They're talking about potentially starting Melton and Bain together with Dylan Brooks in the second unit. They're like everything's on the table right now for Grizzlies. They've cited internal improvement, end quote, as their big jump this season. They expect a huge jump from Ja, JJJ, Melton, and Bain. Those are their four key guys. Yes, Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks still have their roles, but I, I don't know if you saw this. They were on the trade block this summer. They weren't able to move them, obviously, but they were on the trade block. Memphis that tells is confusing. You, Memphis yeah, confuses they me. They they like they've been competing. But it yeah. seems like they're not ready to say they're through with their rebuild yet. What a strange middle area yeah. to be in. I don't know if we've ever seen anything quite like what they've done, which is like, no, no, we haven't fully torn it down yet. Yeah. I know you I know you liked watching us win, but sorry, Valentunas, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
I don't. I like. They seem like they got worse this off season. You could, uh, unless paper, guys you get could better. Say yes, unless we're uh, factoring in internal improvement from right. like you said, the JJJs, the Meltons, the Baines. I still think they can be in that same spot they were last year. I, Memphis's end game is to add that third star next to Jaw and JJJ. Now Melton could be that. We don't know for sure, but they're still looking for that third star, mm. preferably a wing. And that's why they're kind of clearing the deck. You saw the salary cap maneuvering. They didn't want to pay Valanciunas next year, which is fine. I mean, Valanciunas is a great player, but if, if they think JJJ is their long-term center. They're moving him to center probably as soon as next year. That's their plan. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know I love Melton too, and damn it, I really hope this thing this thing yeah. works. Um, and, and once you get into this range, this is the beginning of the 10th round. You're, you're taking your guys here. This is no man's yeah. land. Don't, don't try Absolutely. to guess, don't try to guess what other people are going to do and get cute. If you got a guy you want, you go get him. Yep. Uh, which I assume is kind of the same story on Poku for you. Right. And so Poku, they actually have him in a six man role right now, which I absolutely love. Um, they have Josh Giddy and SGA just sharing the ball the whole time they're on the court. But when Poku's in there, he's going to be. Basically, this is going to sound hilarious. He's going to kind of be like their James Harden, <laughs> their watered-down James Harden, <laughs> while he's still figuring everything out. They want Poku running point for the second unit, and I think that's just so cool. That's insane. Isn't that dude seven yeah. one now? Yeah, he's insane, dude. He didn't put on much muscle, but apparently he's eating like 10 meals a day. Did you see that <laughs> on Twitter? <laughs> is that the, That's the Michael Phelps diet, I think. It's, yeah, it was like 10 I meals a 700. day, and he's still like Skeletor. That's hilarious. Yeah, I listen, I know... Because I'm built like Poku, so yeah. I, it's going to be tough. Like, I get banged around when I play any sport with a normal-sized human being, and right. he's out there with these behemoths who... Yep. I mean, he's, he's going to get bonged, binged around like a ping-pong ball. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I He strikes me as being maybe one more year away from... I Like, dynasty-wise, you got to think that he's just... Yeah. I assume you're losing your mind on dynasty. Oh, top 50 right now easily i was gonna say it's more likely that he's one year away from just a complete breakout but name a player in this draft range with a wider range of outcomes you can't can you no i mean (laughs) although i don't know if that's i don't know if that's the target but that certainly is interesting yeah we don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it's interesting (laughs) right (laughs) tyrese maxi he's gotten a lot of buzz lately with simmons on the block and yet to determine who might come back and in a roto games cap format even if you only got i don't know what the runway would be here a few weeks couple months whatever it is that's extremely useful late in a in a games cap draft you want those guys that can kind of push the ball forward are you when you draft maxi are you doing it with the thought in your head like hey this could run out or what's the what's the sort of the mental side of this one okay so i like him a lot in this draft range but there's still a couple of questions he's not a true point guard yet we kind of saw that yesterday he kind of struggled a little bit but there is upside there like could they run through Tobias more because Tobias is a good playmaker and just keep Maxi involved? Possibly. And the other question is, who are the 76ers adding when they trade Ben Simmons? Are they bringing in another point guard? Yeah. See, those are the two biggest question marks. But at this point in the draft, I'm okay taking Maxi here because he played uh, really, really well in the games that he got like 30 minutes last year. So there's upside here. And keep in mind, MB did miss some of those games that Maxi really popped in. But at this point, we're in Flyer City. I'm I'm taking them here. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. You're not going to find many yeah. guys at this point that are great all season long anyway. So you might be just, right. I mean, 
it's worthwhile. And I, I talked to uh, to Matt Lawson. I think his episode will probably have aired by the time this one does. And he was like, yeah, I took Andre Drummond in the last round. I took him to play 20 good games. That's it. And so, that makes sense. Yeah. I love it. This is this is where you can do that. It's one of the things I love about a Games Cap Roto format. There's this weird new strategy where, I mean, you're not taking Andre Drummond in a head-to-head league because the other right. 60 games, he's taking a dump on your lineup. Uh, yep. But he actually has use in the world of there's actually a handcuff. Remember when that used to be a thing in fantasy yeah. sports? It's not I mean, dead. Joel Embiid is going to miss at least 15 games. That's a given. Yep. Right? Yep. And that's without factoring in an injury. Like, he just sits a lot. Like, that's their, that's their load management plan. It's worked for them so far. He's been mostly healthy the last two years. So they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. He's a woolly mammoth, man. He's an unbelievable yeah. sight to behold, but his body is probably too big for what it does. <laughs> yeah. So, and the four Chick fil A shakes after each game that aren't helping. <laughs> that's probably not a great. Well, maybe he's having them uh, grilled instead of fried now. Don't they do yeah, that? Yeah, possibly. By the way, <laughs> by the way, just. Chick-fil-A is really good, so I can't... Oh, it's so good, I dude. can't fully... Bl- but looking for sponsors, Chick-fil-A, if you want yeah. <laughs> to throw a couple of nuggets my way. Um, your last your last round pick was Patrick Williams. I know he... Before hurt. he got hurt. Yeah, yeah he got hurt, too. He's sort Can of I like... Can I that right now? Sure, yeah. Who, that was actually going to be my last question for you, is these yeah. sort of end-of-draft guys. It doesn't have to be necessarily that round, but like I know yeah. you love Poku. Melton. Melton's a guy that, that you've been talking about for longer than anyone. Who yeah, are the I guys in this range? Round be happy. Yeah. So who are the guys in this round that you were hoping would get to you but didn't? Um, well, Jordan Poole actually wasn't drafted. And huh. after yesterday, and he's he's gonna be starting for two, three months. Jordan Poole in this range is fantastic. And one more player, uh Alperin Sangoon, probably my I don't know, third, fourth favorite rookie. Uh, along with Josh Giddy, like either of those picks would have been great here. Matt Lawson took him in the round before. That was a very smart pick. But Alperin's doing saying good. Before training camp started, they were like, yeah, he's probably not going to be in the rotation. And then after one practice, Wood's like, oh, my God, this is baby Jokic. And then their coach is saying, oh, my God, he was the most impressive player in training camp. He's dominating the scrimmages. That escalated quickly. So <laughs> Sangoon is going to be a player. Uh, I think he's going to be like in a 50-minute role for like the first two, three months. But like you said, said it yourself, the Rockets aren't winning many games. At what point do they say, hey, Daniel Tice, ice up for next season. Let's put Sangoon in there. Yeah, that's a – so right. I, I've been eyeballing Tice with this whole like it sounds like he's probably starting, but it does – that made almost no sense to me. They gave him a multi-year deal – veteran big man to be on this team that's just like they have so many young guys it's gonna be such a chaotic mess of mistakes out there as they run and shoot and have a blast but you know again lose a lot of ball games um so yeah i mean that's a that's a sit-on guy you're usually ahead of the curve on those second half breakout dudes so that's a that's a good one to kind of file in uh in the in the rolodex and for head to head i think actually that like if he's playing at all in head-to-head, you can sort of take the small production while you wait on the bigger stuff to come. And Roto, you probably, with a games cap, you could probably pick him up later on if he's not getting a sure. ton of minutes. Yeah. But um, I predicted that he'd be the waiver wire pickup of the year, so I'm not necessarily saying you should even draft him. I'm just saying you should be ready in two, three months. When he gets 20 minutes, it's on. Well, luckily, preseason will make all of this very clear for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, a, what a cluster mess. Um, so, Jonas, I'm going to let you go here, but I, I do want to wish you the best of luck because I know you've been having issues 
over there um yeah. with your with your automobile and <laughs> I I promised I would bring it up on the pod and I almost forgot to. Um Jonas is on like crocodile hunter dude over there but not with not with Crocs. Um yeah. you, you want to let folks know what's going on? Yeah, might as well. So we picked up our car from the mechanic about a week or so ago and apparently something jumped in the car and came home with us and we found like mouse crap, mouse pee, all that good stuff under our spare tire. And so I spend about a good six, seven hours bleaching. Go at it again. So we know it's still in there. So we finally got it at the trap this morning. And now I'm hearing mouse sounds everywhere. I just don't know. What to, so I got to go to the store and pick up more traps just in case because I'm not going to be able to sleep until yeah. I do. Yeah. How are you going to know if they're in your head or real? I know. <laughs> we'll never know. This is actually what I suffer I'm, with. I'm so rattled, man. Do you guys still use? Well, you have a uh, a younger one also. We we never turned off our child the baby monitor. Like we left that on forever at this point. Now right. I don't know if my wife will ever let us turn it off. And I hear that thing everywhere I go. I I I'm <laughs> I'm haunted by the baby monitor. And then you know we had another kid. Yeah, we so had that... to turn ours off because my internet's so bad here. <laughs> oh man, I wish I could use that excuse. Ah, oh, I need a better one. Oh, yeah. I hate the sound. I hate every little noise. Every time the kids roll over. Right now. You, you notice my internet's dropping out right now. That's what I'm working with. Yeah. We lost you for about two seconds, but I we I think we got the, the great bulk of the Jonas versus the uh, rodent of unusual size battle that's going on right now. Uh, Princess Bride, nice. by the way. Shout out nice. there. Um, <laughs> the great Jonas Nader. We got to do this way yeah. more often this year. Way more often. Can I annoy the heck out of you? Do I have permission? We definitely will. Beautiful. Jonas, enjoy soccer practice. Enjoy your mice. We'll talk to you soon. Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, I gave away one of my little, my dirty little secrets here. I am also on Team JJJ this year. We'll have Jonas back soon. That much, I promise. At Jonas Nader on Twitter of NBC Sports Edge. I want to make a habit because I don't believe the real big three is happening this year. So Jonas and I are going to have to get together here on Fantasy NBA today. Please, everybody, don't miss your opportunity to get $25 for doing almost nothing. MyBookie.ag, our official sports betting partner here at HoopBall, is offering the lock of the year on their hockey season opener, which I think is, is it tomorrow? I think it came up tomorrow. That came up quick. If anybody scores a goal in the odds boost game, you win. It's $25 max bet. If you have an account already, just go over there and bet it. There's no rollover, no nothing. It's a straight wager that is basically just them giving you $25 to go log into their account. If you don't have an account, sign up for one using promo code HOOPBALL. Uh, It doesn't get you anything at the moment. I mean, I think there's a deposit bonus if you wanted to do that. I tend to decline deposit bonuses because they have rollover requirements at all of these websites. Um, But it does let them know who sent you, and that's actually really good for us continuing to have advertisers and sponsors at HOOPBALL powering the locomotive. Uh, But again, sign up for that mybookie.ag account on the third page of sign up drop in the promo code hoopball h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l do not finish the sign up process without entering that promo code then you go put 25 bucks in your account place it on that odds boost and then wait and then you'll have 50 dollars in your account it's just that easy this show also brought to you by our friends at manscaped.com use promo code there hoopball20 to get 20% off and free shipping on the lawnmower 4.0 and any other product you want to check out at manscaped.com. They've got the Weed Whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, the shears, the luxury nail kit, 
boxers, powders, lotions, oils, the whole thing. The full nine yards. Yeah, I know it's the whole nine yards, but whatever. Screw it. At manscaped.com, promo code HOOPBALL20. Clean yourself. Basketball's back. You should look good for it, shouldn't you? Even if my personal hygiene is a disaster for the last 19 months. But yours doesn't have to be. Again, 20% off, free shipping, HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Tomorrow, I will be breaking down my real nine-cat draft results. It's a roto league, so I'll explain myself on certain draft picks as we work through it. League settings really do make a big difference in how you draft and things. But I got a whole bunch of stuff coming up over the next few days. We'll break down that draft. I think we'll have another one we can break down. I'm going to put all those results out on Twitter as well, and we're going to have a field day. Everybody's going to be so damn ready. You're going to be able to predict your damn draft picks one through 150 or however long it goes. Probably more than that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Tuning in. Ha, we can get through this. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. Again, that's at Dan Bespris on Twitter. A big thank you once more to the great Jonas Nader. We will talk to you Tuesday. 31 days, 31 shows. The month of October rolls on here. From HoopBall to Luke. This has been a HoopBall presentation.